Hello, I'd like to welcome you back to our series on the names and attributes of God. This is lesson number seven, and today we're going to talk about something that I truly believe absolutely everyone needs to hear. Um, We're going to discuss a name and an attribute of God that I think needs to be well understood, not only among uh, Christians, of course, because we uh, serve God and we love God and we know that God is for us, amen, but I think it's important for us as believers to get a good grasp on the things that we're going to talk about today so that we can be a greater light in this world and reach the ones that are lost uh, who, who don't know what we're going to talk about. Uh, they don't have the understanding that we have. And, and when we come to a place of understanding the topics that we're going to touch on today, that makes everything different. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get into some serious power of God, and I truly believe that uh, if, if you long and desire to meet God in this name and in this attribute, your life will be changed. So let's open up with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into our content. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I stand before you in unity with my brothers and sisters. And I thank you, Lord God, that each one of us has a longing and a desire in our spirits to come into your presence and and to uh, understand more of who you are. Father, as we come together and we uh, hear what your word says about you, what's revealed about you, your being, Lord God, through the scriptures. We thank you, Lord, that we can come to the scripture and, and learn about who you were in in the time of the writing of the Bible and who you are in that same way even today. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that as we talk about these things today that you would give each one of us fresh revelation on your name and on your attribute that we'll touch on. Father, in the name of Jesus be with us. And all God's children said, Amen. We have some common problems that we deal with, okay? Um, Know this. In Genesis chapter 3, we read of the fall of man, okay? And and I've, I've come to realize that there's a lack of understanding of the fall. Um, it's, that's not to say that it's only Christians that don't understand. It's, it's population in general doesn't understand. It's so easy to forget that so much of what we go through, so much of what we deal with, really is the result of sin. And know this first and foremost, that it's not... It's not some people will project sin onto others. Say, you know, and and I've been known myself to do this only jokingly, truthfully, only jokingly. Um, but, you know, somebody will say um, they're going through just a real a real down spell or they, they're sick or whatever it might be. And I say, oh, you got sin in your life, don't you? Um, total joke. However, there are some people uh, who truly do believe that your own sin brings these things upon you. Um, what, it, what it's important to know first and foremost before we get into any of this, it 
sometimes, I, I guess I'll phrase this cautiously, sometimes it is not your sin that brings this upon you. Sometimes it is just sin in general. Okay, so common problems, sickness, depression, anxiety, spiritual ailment, okay? These are all super common things, right? Who hasn't had the common cold? Who hasn't had the flu? Who hasn't, you know, um, gotten so sick they thought they were going to croak, right? Uh, Who hasn't been uh, in, in that moment of despairing that really truly is depression, Uh, Who hasn't been so consumed by something that their anxiety written? Who hasn't felt in their spirit such a brokenness that they feel that they're completely disconnected and, and detached from everything spiritual, right? These are really common problems. But even though we go through these common problems, it's not because of one sin. It, it's not because it's not because your life is ridden with sin necessarily. It's not because your spouse's life is ridden with sin necessarily. But it's just because of sin in general. Had had Adam and Eve uh, not fallen into sin, things would be different, right? So why do we experience all of this? It's hard to say that God will allow us to experience these things. But it's also important for us to know that even though God had a plan from from day one, God knew ultimately what would happen, right? There, there's nothing that's ever hidden from God. There's nothing that, that God doesn't know, okay? What, what will take place 150 years from now when every one of us tuning into this is long gone, God already knows. And so when God spoke into the void and, and went through creation, he created man for his pleasure. He created man so that you know, God could have fellowship with man. And then God saw that man was alone and said, that's not okay. Man needs a companion. And so he made a woman. And the two of them together, God saw that that was a good thing. God also knew at that moment that there would be a temptation for them to sin. And because God knew that there would be that temptation, he knew that because of their human weakness, they would fall into that sin. That can be really hard for us to admit, but it's important for us to admit it. Okay? God knew. So, so knowing that God always longed for fellowship doesn't mean that his plan was completely messed up, okay? Uh, It's important for us to know that God's plan was always and is always plan A, Um, never plan B. Jesus was not plan B. 
okay? Jesus was plan A. Everything that God orchestrates is plan A. So yes, God created man knowing that mankind would fall into sin, which yes, disappoints God. But because of sin, we deal with these things, illness, depression, anxiety, spiritual brokenness, ailment, and and the likeness. Through Jesus, we know this, that we can still fellowship with God. Okay, it's not exactly the same as what Adam had and what Eve had with God in the garden prior to the sin. But it's very close. And, and as, as, you, as you come to a place of deeper and closer relationship with Christ, you can have that tighter intimacy with God. So what, what gets us by if we know that we're going to have days that we're sick, possibly depressed, maybe a little anxiety-ridden, um, or, you know, spiritually broken. Well, God's name is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. If you want me to spell it Jehovah, obviously, J-E-H-O-V-A-H, Rapha, R-A-P-H-A. Others will spell that. Jehovah Rophe, R-O-P-H-E. I prefer the spelling Rafa, R-A-P-H-A. I want you to do your own scripture study here and um, go to Exodus 15, verse 26. That is where you will find the, the reference to the name Jehovah Rapha. God is our healer, okay? That's that's what that name translates to, God our healer. And we like to, as humans, put some limits on what God can do. It's really easy for us to do. It's really easy for us to say, yeah, God's our healer, but he's only going to heal me, you know, if I'm disease-ridden. You know, we, we look at uh, scripture and we say, you know, Jesus walked around and healed lepers and healed, uh, well, the dead people, right? He called them out, called them out of the graves, called them back to life. That's, that's a healing, isn't it? And, and, and he healed the woman with the issue of blood. But this is something that's, that's really good for us to know. God knows no limit. And so if God is our healer, then this means that God is capable of healing your emotions. God is capable of healing you when you deal with that depression, that anxiety, the spiritual brokenness. Sure, he can heal you from the, the, the worst of the worst in diseases. He can heal you of the common cold, sometimes known as the man flu. But God 
can heal absolutely any ailment. He knows no limit. And that's the amazing thing to this. When we think of Jehovah Rapha, our healer, we often jump straight to the extreme. We think about, you know, the testimonies of people who only have one eye and they went to a healing service and the Lord touched them and their eye came back, right? It's so easy to jump straight to the extremes. Uh, you know, the, the, the people who have been crippled for their entire lives, completely wheelchair ridden. They went to a miracle service. They got up out of their wheelchair. They walked for the first time in their entire life uh, through the power of God. And, and you know, we, we sing about the blind shall see and the deaf hearing. And, and these are the things that we get so hung up on. And because we get so stuck on these, we lose sight of knowing God our healer. Okay? Um, if you took counseled by God with me, you know this, that God can take you into your previous situations and heal your hurting heart. Okay? He, he can take you into a situation that once um, destroyed you and heal the wound so that you can live in freedom. Amen? That's, that's an experience with Jehovah Rapha. That's an experience with God our healer. Now here's the question. Why? Why would God want to heal us? Well, one of his attributes is his love. And although we know so much, or though we think we know so much about God's love, there's so much more to God's love than I truly believe we will ever be able to fathom. Okay? Um, as, as a person who has studied scripture and, and sought the Lord... I believe that I myself have a firm understanding of God's love. However, I also believe that I cannot begin to comprehend the greatness of his love. Okay? I, I want to make that perfectly clear. I don't, I don't actually believe that I can actually fully grasp how he loves us. Because... The, the power of his love is so redeeming. This is going to turn into a double lesson. Um, I'm, as, I'm, as I'm walking through this attribute, I'm seeing that we're going to just keep going into the next lesson because they're going to merge way too easily. Uh, his, his love draws us so close and it, and it Hallelujah. It draws us so close. It brings us into his presence. It compels us. It compels us to what? Repent. It compels us to live for him. His love drives us 
It, it's, it's the driving force in our life. And, and we don't even understand what pushes us to do so many things that we do. What pushes you to, to call somebody on the phone and say, I was thinking about you. It's the love of God manifest in you. Because God laid that person on your heart and through his love, your obedience, but his love, you reached out. Amen? The greatness of God's love is the reason that he wants to heal us. Right? Turn in your Bible to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 is a verse that you're probably somewhat familiar with. Um, this, this is very frequently prayed, um, and, and it's very frequently quoted. There's some, there's some instruction to be taken hold of here. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, I want to read verse 14. I'll read it from the King James. It says this, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Alright, now obviously this is talking about a people, a nation, right? But it it speaks to the greatness and, and to the to the immutability, the, the lack of change to Jehovah Rapha. It speaks to the limitlessness of God our healer. He says, if my people who are called by my name, first and foremost, get humble, then pray. While praying, seek my face. As a result of seeking my face, turn from their wicked ways. Okay, that's a commitment. Once that's done, God says, I'm going to hear them out. From all the way from the heavens, I'm going to hear them out. I'm going to hear a cry for repentance. I'll forgive their sin. And healing I shall impart. Amen. And I will heal their land. That's, that's... I chose this passage for a couple of reasons. One, it obviously gives us some information on Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. But two, it shows a compassion, a a great and enforceable love of God to say, I will hear a sinful people if they only humble themselves before me, right? If, if, it, if God has to say in this passage, I will forgive their sin, that means what? They've sinned, right? Whatever you have done in your life is not going to turn God away from you. Why? His love, His love sent Jesus Christ to the cross to bear your sin. All you have to do is give him praise for that. 
All you have to do is acknowledge that and know that God, God reigns, rules and reigns, and loves you unconditionally and will heal you from whatever you need healed of. Your journaling exercise for this lesson is to simply ask him, what do I need healed of? The reason that you're going to ask him that question is this. Obviously, when you look at your life, you know where you're physically ailed, right? You know where you're physically needing a touch from God. But sometimes spiritually, it's really hard to get a grip on that. And so you're just going to ask God in your journal, Jehovah Rapha, you can address him just as so. What do I need healed of? All right. Continuing on God's love, this is going to be our transition into lesson eight. God's love so compels us to repent and, and to live for him and to you know, reach out to be the light. God's love ultimately is part of what brings us to sanctification. Okay? And so now we want to look at the God who sanctifies us. We're called to live a couple different ways. And I'm going to give you scripture references. I'll try to, this, this lesson is fairly short anyways, but I'll try to make it brief. I want you to look up uh, these couple of scripture verses on your own as your uh, personal devotion time. But we are called to live holy. Okay, that's from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. We're called to live blameless from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. And we're called to live set apart from John chapter 15, verse 19. I'll repeat those for you so that you can write them down and do a uh, personalized study on them. We are called to live holy, 1 Peter 2, 9. We are called to live blameless, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. We are called to live set apart, John 15, 19. When you add these three up, okay, you, you make a little math problem out of them. Holy plus blameless plus set apart equals sanctified, all right? Uh, give you a couple of references here. Some just a little comparison contrast here. In the Old Testament, sanctification was a little bit more difficult. Okay, it required a blood sacrifice. Now, I want to be clear: in the New Testament, sanctification also required a blood sacrifice. But in the Old Testament, without getting too deep here, in the Old Testament, that blood sacrifice was made with an animal, a lamb, okay? You would take a lamb, sacrifice it unto God for the forgiveness of sin, for, sac for sanctification. In the New Testament, that blood sacrifice was the only, the true Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. This was the sacrifice that ended all sacrifices. 
for sanctification. Okay? God's love drives us to desire sanctification. That pushes us deeper into relationship with Him. Because His name is called Jehovah. You ready for this one? Mekodishkem. Jehovah Mekodishkem. Jehovah, J E H O V A H. Mekodishkem. M E K O D D. I-S-H-K-E-M The God who sanctifies me. Why is this so important? The God who sanctifies me. When we look at scripture and we see that God has called us to live in this manner, holy, blameless, set apart. He's called us to live a sanctified life. We say, God, how can I live a sanctified life? I live in a fallen world. I sin. But God says, I am, right? You heard that? Somebody say amen. I am, that's his name also, Jehovah Mekodeshkim, the God who sanctifies. What does this teach us? This teaches us that apart from God, holy, blameless, set apart, sanctified, can't happen. This teaches us that it takes the power and authority of God in our lives to be sanctified. And what gives God That authority, obviously God is the keeper of all authority, but what gives God the authority to sanctify his his people, to be Jehovah Mekodishkim, is the attribute of his own holiness. Okay? It It is the holiness of God that makes us holy that makes us blameless, that makes us set apart. The holiness of God is imparted to us by the blood of the Lamb. Right? There's there's a blood sacrifice that was made for the forgiveness of our sins. And that, that Lamb that was sacrificed was holy. And we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Amen? That means that we are washed in holy blood. And that washing in the holy blood is what calls us to be set apart. It is the holiness of God that brings us to be sanctified. Turn in your Bible to the book of Hebrews. Go to chapter 10. Okay, I want to read to you um, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 10 through 14. This is how it reads, again from the King James. By the which we, and that is W-I-C-H, 
Um, not W-I-T-C-H. By the witch. W-H-I-C-H. Will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Okay? Underline that if you're reading along with me, and I'm going to pause, preach on it for a second. At once is what that translates to. Okay? The Greek word there, and I know that this is mostly a Hebrew course, but the Greek word that translates once for all is Ephapax, E-P-H-A-P-A-X. The term means at once, okay? It can also be uh, translated as once for all. It means that it accomplished something that completes an ongoing work, right? We are the ongoing work, but Christ died for us, right? Made the self-sacrifice, that we would be able to receive holiness, sanctification. Continue in verse 11. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Okay? It's one offering, one sacrifice. So there's no more of the Old Testament, um, you know, go go once annually and, and have the high priest as, as your um, representative go into the temple to make a sacrifice unto God. Make sure you tie a rope around his ankle, um, you know, in, in case he doesn't follow the ritual exactly because he will be struck dead if he doesn't. Uh, you want to be able to get him out and you certainly won't go onto the temple uh, to retrieve him so tie that rope good and tight in case he doesn't follow the rules and dies that way you can pull him out without dying yourself there's no more of that okay Jesus was the blood sacrifice to end all sacrifices for sanctification of those who would receive it the God who sanctifies us His holiness is what sets us apart. All right, uh, I want you to spend time in the book of in the in the book of Hebrews, specifically in chapter ten. And um, I know that I only read a small pack, a uh, small bit of the chapter there, but I would really encourage you to at least read the first eighteen verses. Um, the whole chapter is only thirty nine verses, but I would encourage you to take. A moment, okay. While while you're doing, maybe while you're doing your uh, personal devotion on those first three scriptures that I gave you, just take some time and read that that tenth chapter of Hebrews, so that you can get the understanding of Christ as the perfect sacrifice. Okay. Know this. 
Jesus died for you. Jesus carried the cross, thinking of you with every step he took. Jesus took nails in his hands and in his feet so that you wouldn't have to endure it. Jesus willingly went and became the blood sacrifice that would that would eternally magnify God. Amen. And in that moment, you you know if if you've read the story of the crucifixion, how perfect are the words? It is finished. It is finished are the words that Jesus cried out. And to know that what was finished, Jesus was saying it is accomplished. The will of God in my life is accomplished. I have come and fulfilled the purpose to fulfill the law and prophets, not to destroy them, but to fulfill them. I have come that you may have everlasting life, that you may have life to the fullest. That's what Jesus taught. I have come to lay down my life for my friends. The perfect atoning sacrifice. The journal exercise for lesson eight is probably a little bit deeper. And I want you to ask the Lord this. I just want you to say, Lord, show me how you've sanctified me. Show me how you've sanctified me. How have you, how have you set me apart? How have you called me to live holy, blameless? What have you done in my life that changed the course of where I was heading? That's, that's what I want you to journal to, for, for, for this lesson, okay? So, so ask the Lord, first and foremost, what do I need healed of? That's for lesson seven, the healer. And then ask him, Lord, how have you sanctified me? Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. Jehovah Mekodishkem, God who sanctifies me. Father, I thank you for this time again. And Lord, I just pray that uh, each one of us would have something to, to bring to your table, Lord. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that we would find ourselves longing with, with insatiable desire to step into your presence, to know, Lord God, your healing virtues to understand your love, to understand your holiness, to know, Lord, how you've sanctified us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. And I know that words aren't enough. But Father, thank you for the atoning sacrifice, the blood of the Lamb, 
for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For laying it all down. For calling me friend. Father, I pray tonight that you would touch each person who tunes into this. I pray in the name of Jesus that they would experience you in these ways. That you would heal their hurting hearts. That you would heal them in spirit. Jehovah Rapha, touch them. And Father, that you would show them clearly, without question, Lord God, how you have sanctified them. Jehovah Mekodeshkin, praise you, Lord. You made the atoning sacrifice so that you could have fellowship with me and that I could have fellowship with you, Lord. And I give you praise for that. And Father, go with us, each one, showing us daily how you can heal, showing us daily how you have sanctified us. And I praise you in the name of Jesus. Bless and keep them until we meet again. And all God's children said, Amen. Y'all have a wonderful day, a wonderful few days here till we meet back for lesson number nine to continue our series. I hope that this is um, making an impact in your life. I hope that you're really, truly coming deeper and closer with God. I hope that you're um, learning more about who God is. God is so good. God bless you all. Have a wonderful time. We'll meet you here again in a few days. Take care.